everybody and welcome to Fit Girls Talk. Myself and Karis, mostly Karis, I'm going to be listening, taking notes, um, <laughs> is going to be talking about understanding our hormones. I'm so excited, Karis. <laughs> I feel like my hormones have been controlling my life for a few months. <laughs> I hear this so much I, from people. I way to understand, even talking to you between episodes and during episodes, it's so fascinating to hear, hear you always bring it back to dopamine or endorphins or cortisol or what they're the only thing I can think of right now so I can't wait what is is, I'm so excited I was going to say, it's an interesting topic, hormones, because we talk about them all the time. As women, we're always saying it. And yet when I say to somebody, what what is a hormone? What do you think it does? Most people kind of are stopped in their tracks and can't answer the question. I mean, if I ask you now, Sarah, what are hormones? It's a chemical that specifically makes me go crazy. Oh, right. (laughs) Six days of the month, every month since I was about 13. What the hell is going on? Do you know, it's funny, I was um, working in the gym recently doing some presentations and it's run by a man-woman team and kind of, I said, it's great seeing a man-woman team, I love it. Like, I just think that's one of the best kind of formulas for a business because you get the masculine and feminine kind of uh, combination, obviously. But yeah, yeah, they just offer very different kind of perspectives to running a business. And he kind of rolled his eyes and went, yeah, but she's a woman, so she has them days. (laughs) I was like, what? You can't say that. There's one one thing. It's that we can have our days, but men aren't allowed to reference our days or use them as excuses or, <laughs> or anything. Hold hold them against us in any way. I feel so strongly about this. And honestly, but no, blo- honestly, blokes have their days, though. It's just that they can't blame it on their hormones or kind of, I suppose, yeah. not blame it on their that hormones. Just makes, I honestly... I there are times where I feel like I am being possessed by someone. <laughs> <laughs> For me, though, it's been um, for me because I've I've had various contraceptive methods over the last couple of years, and I've I've recently come off. I had um, a marina coil for a while, and I've recently had it removed. One of the major influencers in having that removed was I've just found that the older I've gotten, the worse my PMS has gotten, and the worse. I just feel for, for, for certain days, genuinely out of control. And one of the biggest motivators for me having it removed was to understand my hormones a little bit better because like are you able to predict or expect certain things hormones have very specific roles to play in our body and they're usually triggered by something aren't they yeah i mean um, i suppose the best way for me to kick off this discussion is to say first of all or hormones there's a hierarchy of hormonal release in the body and it starts in the brain yeah um and it starts with a gland called called the hypothalamus gland okay um, and the the body's always kind of looking for feedback so if hormones work on a loop where there's this feedback mechanism to the brain so if we've got way too much of a hormone it kind of um in the blood it'll be fed back to the brain mm. tons of this hormone you need to downregulate production like we don't need that much of it um and this goes for your reproductive hormones your stress hormones mm. um so they're kind of like the main ones that i would talk to clients about or talk okay. about in presentations and the body's kind of got two modes as well so we've got this kind of stress mode where we're we're kind of the environment or the feedback that the senses have given the brain are there's a danger and we need to kind of survive so is that it will, the flight so it's known as yeah fight or flight with a view yeah. that kind of right back in 
um, kind of Paleolithic times, it would have been about you're faced with a danger that's life-threatening and it's going to be a, an animal or, or a lion and you're going to have to run or you're going to fight it. Um, so we get massive amounts of cortisol and adrenaline and kind of become very vigilant and ready to fight. And um, this is you kind of when you're doing your um, CrossFit session or your training, that's what kind of mode your body's in. And then outside of that, we're only designed to be in that mode for very short periods of time. Okay. Um, outside of that, we're supposed to be in what's known as rest and digest and at that time we've got kind of um, digestive hormones are being produced and reproductive hormones uh, are kind of in a nice cycle uh, for a woman anyway across the month um, whereby it's all kind of geared towards reproduction so that's another kind of big priority for the body because if we, you know re- reproduction is hugely important for the human race so it's within our nature to kind of um, prioritize that so we have these two different modes and the problem that's happened now is kind of our lifestyle and certain things we do so that's right down to this big kind of craze around exercise at the moment but also kind of as women like working your ass off has become kind of something that's quite um you know highly thought of in a way so kind of working all all the hours god sends and also just being online and being on emails we're kind of in this um stress mode most of the time which our bodies are not equipped for at all and what's happening is obviously it's kind of affecting reproductive health for a lot of women. It's kind of affecting, um, it has a massive effect on things like your energy and your mood and mindset because we can really drive down. If we have too many stress hormones going on all the time, we can um, really drive down sort of feel good brain chemicals. Yeah. Um, we almost deplete ourselves of, of these. So, so sorry, these these hormones, you can you can affect how little you have them yeah so so we kind of have so the body's kind of always working um on this like feedback loop um so for example do you remember we used to talk about um you're a bit younger than me but it used to be called yuppies disease uh which was when basically um people who worked really hard kind of through the 80s kind of crashed and burned and ended up in bed and um, okay. that's kind of one obvious example of whereby possibly they had so many stress hormones flooding their system for such a long period of time that it got fed back to the brain which decided to downregulate stress hormones and cortisol and cortisol is a hormone that gets you out of bed and gets you up in the morning so um, there'll be other things they did as well like just kind of depleted all the nutrients that you need to produce the hormone so hormones need raw materials as well and that's something that we we also kind of forget um, so if you're not eating a nutritious diet you can actually affect your hormones that way because you didn't have enough for example b6 is really important to produce dopamine which we talked about on the last podcast and tyrosine which is an amino acid we get from protein so if you haven't got a lot of protein in your diet you might kind of have not enough um, healthy levels of hormones so, so these raw materials serve as I yeah guess building yeah blocks or or negative building blocks like caffeine sometimes will will ele- elevate or increase your cortisol which is a bad thing yeah so obviously you've got kind of when i'm talking about raw materials i'm talking about the the nutrients um, that go into the building blocks of the hormones so we yeah. need cholesterol is is a really important one b vitamins are really important for a lot of hormones uh, that are produced um, and as i've mentioned various different proteins <clears throat> so for example if you want if you have low levels of serotonin you can kind of increase your consumption of tryptophan which is um mm. so these are i'm talking about neurotransmitters and hormones here i kind of use them interchangeably a little bit because they they kind of do very similar things they're chemical messages that go around the body and and yeah. kind of govern how we feel and and what how 
how our bodies function. But something like, then we have things like caffeine and alcohol and exercise, which will just kind of affect the hormonal balance. They're not kind of necessarily the raw materials for them, but they will change what hormones we produce and, and the balance between them all. Um, and as women, what are, if you are having, let's say you are having an off day yeah. and you looked at that from, you looked at that with a hormonal lens, with a, I guess, a naturopath lens, what would be off balance there? What hormones would we be experiencing or having too much of or too little of? So a big, a big problem today is um, the female body. <laughs> and I, yeah. um, when I first got into nutrition, I was doing it with a lot of guys who I'd meet on various different courses. And a lot of them started steering clear of women and female clients because they were like god women are just too complicated and it's because we have this cycle basically geared towards reproduction and the female body kind of fiercely protects that um in a way and protects fertility um so in terms of how the female cycle is meant to work i encourage every woman to understand this because ideally if you know how the cycle works you know your body you kind of know when you're screwing it because you'll know the feedback symptoms that your body is giving you okay Um, you've basically just described me (laughs) right there that's me how are you so you and most women and I I really um I see this a lot in 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 most of my kind of female client base but the way so the way that the female body works probably easiest to explain so from the brain that hypothalamus gland that Mm -hmm. talks to another gland in the brain called the pituitary which releases something called gonadotrophin releasing hormone which is kind Ah, of I read that in your article oh yeah yeah awesome yeah um, I love it because I just oh, gonads. The word makes me giggle. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. The word gonads just makes me giggle. I don't. I just need to grow up a little bit. But that then <laughs> talks to. So we as women have gonads and men have gonads, and it's just the organs that. Uh, sorry, the glands that, that produce sex hormones. So for us, it's our ovaries, and okay. um, the brain. What happens is the brain talks to the ovaries, and um, we get this release of. There's two hormones that kind of govern the the maturing of an egg and the release of the egg, and that's follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone um, and they're kind of looking for signals also from um, two hormones that you will know of which is estrogen and progesterone and what um, they've all got different roles but basically we get the cycle kind of the first day of your cycle is actually when you have your menstrual bleed once that's out the way body starts gearing up for a potential pregnancy again so we get this gradual rise of um, estrogen um, and around this time there's kind of lots of studies done about various different things like um should you be kind of estrogen talks very closely to insulin and other hormones so kind of should you be eating more carbs at this time or less carbs or should you be um doing hit training or strength training or whatever and there's there's not really that much um conclusive kind of uh research yet but i will talk about that in a second so we get the surge of estrogen first and when estrogen's at its peak we, we will ovulate um and then it kind of tag teams progesterone um and progesterone's job is basically to kind of um I'm trying to explain this basically to kind of make sure um, the pregnancy is safe so it, it maintains the lining of the womb which estrogen thickens um, and progesterone's job is to kind of keep it there and, and create this environment to basically I was going to say kind of sustain the pregnancy but it just sounds very clinical um, but you know to kind of nurture the pregnancy if it takes place if it doesn't take place if the egg passes out the body you have the egg survives for about it's about 24 hours but obviously you can ovulate well very occasionally women might release two eggs so you might have a kind of 48 hour window where that egg you you have that 48 hour window where you might get pregnant 
Um, and then if, you, if the egg is passed out of the body, what will happen is basically all those hormone levels will drop and you will shed the lining of the womb. And that's when you feel like crap. <laughs> it's because... Um, I was waiting for the <laughs> part. Yeah. Okay. So there's that massive drop in... Generally, progesterone is kind of referred to sometimes as the happy hormone. Um, so Yeah. And during pregnancy, we have these really high levels of progesterone because obviously it's kind of um, maintaining and feeding, nourishing the pregnancy. So as the levels drop towards the menstrual cycle that can be why your mood dips and that's why women say in pregnancy they feel amazing a lot of them do say they feel a lot happier the other thing is estrogen levels are also dropping so you've kind of got low levels of of hormones all over the shop so but another factor can be in in today in in one of the big issues with our with women's health today is kind of we are a bit predisposed to have estrogen dominance and progesterone deficiency um and that imbalance between those two hormones really affects how you feel because estrogen can kind of do things like cause water retention um a little bit moody um maybe a bit emotional and obviously you then have things like breast tenderness um menstrual cramps um but kind of on another level so quite people experience generally quite extreme versions of these if they've got kind of estrogen dominance they get more weight gain or or, or kind of uh, a tendency to a bit more weight gain around the the boobs uh bum and thighs as well and yeah so progesterone balances estrogen and so does testosterone so for a woman it's quite hard for um all of those three hormones to be kind of in a nice healthy balance and one of the biggest factors that really screws it is stress so um just what what stress basically does is is again because we've got kind of a hierarchy the body kind of decides i've got this much cholesterol to use for all these different hormones Cholesterol. Yeah. So we need cholesterol in our diet. It's really important. It's the building blocks of your hormones. Um, But obviously the liver also produces it internally. So it's not like you don't get all the cholesterol in your body from your diet, which people don't really understand, don't don't realize, sorry. Um, But yeah, basically the the body goes, well, we've got this much cholesterol, but we do kind of need to survive because it's really stressful out there. So it converts um, cholesterol into cortisol, usually at the expense of progesterone. And this is called the progesterone steel so we get kind of low levels of progesterone and then really high levels of estrogen which could be a reason that you you kind of don't like your menstrual cycle too much mm, wow. <laughs> so um my head just exploded <laughs> i mean what i i um, suggest most women do i've done a blog series on kind mm. of understanding the, the natural cycle how it works yeah. um obviously most of us now this is myself included and you have taken some sort of hormone contraceptive mm-hmm. uh, which may have kind of affected our natural balance which is what i again I, I i sometimes feel so embarrassed about how ignorant i can be around my menstrual cycle but i just didn't really ever make the connection between natural balance and and how you can act actually understand that to empower you and it's only been in the last few months I've really started to take steps towards trying to understand and educate myself around it so that I can actually work with my hormones instead of against them yeah no it's, it's such an important thing to do and um there's a website called fertility friend where you can go on mm. and do their kind of little webinars uh, but it's really yeah. easy I mean if you're not taking contraception at this point you kind of you are best to either have a month where you use a uh, barrier method so you know 
know, um, do kind of take precautions if you do not want to get pregnant, uh, you know, abstain for a month, whatever, or two months as you kind of get your head around this. One way a woman can track her cycle is to basically, when you wake up in the morning, you grab a thermometer, which you'll have on the bedside table. Try not to kind of move around because that will affect things. uh, And you take your temperature upon waking at the same time every day. Um, What you'll find is generally when you ovulate, it kind of increases by 0.5 degrees. So it'll be really obvious and you can get these lovely charts. I found it, when I did it, I actually found it easier to print a chart out. You can have apps on your phone, uh, but I actually found just having a little paper chart that I printed off um, the website, Fertility Friend, and I just used to fill it in every morning with crosses. Um, So I knew kind of um, when it came towards ovulation, you see that increase in temperature. And what that helps you to do is if you kind of know when you ovulate, roughly it's going to be obviously kind of the same time every month but if you ever see changes in your cycle it could be a sign that maybe you've overdone the exercise maybe you're too stressed you've got two phases in the cycle kind of before and after um ovulation so you would be able to kind of know if there was some disruption to that natural um hormonal kind of um rhythm that takes place the other thing that you can do um this might sound a little bit intimate to some of the listeners is actually track your cervical mucus which will change color across the cycle um generally when it becomes kind of very clear um you are probably what's happening is the mucus will change to allow the sperm to enter um to enter the cervix so um that will basically mean that you are kind of ready for your you, ovulation has taken place and it's kind of a fertile time uh, your fertile time of the month um, outside of that then generally the mucus is quite kind of white and opaque um, so you can see that difference but obviously women don't really kind of talk about this stuff and understand it very well so but this isn't just helpful to obviously figure out if you're so if, if you're trying obviously to serve that purpose but am I understanding you right to figure out what our hormonal rhythm is so it just helps and empowers us to understand our well-being more our moods more what we need what we don't need absolutely so those days where you kind of might yeah. um, not feel like exercising or feel a bit moody and not know why and kind of beat yourself up a little bit um, you know about just just being a bit down in the dumps or maybe just not being very motivated about stuff and then then kind of your cycle your period arrives two or three days later and then you know why because you have that dip in hormones um there is kind of a belief as well that around the time of the menstrual cycle our carbohydrate needs are greater um and kind of this is what's been i believe you (laughs) yeah everyone likes that but um Um, And then also kind of avoiding the intense training. Um, I think we're supposed to be slightly more insulin sensitive, which is why we get away with slightly more carbs and we're better doing um, kind of a bit more cardio work and uh, low level stuff. But that's exactly what you probably tell me you like to do around your cycle anyway. Um, It's not like you're going to go for any kind of PBs on heavy lifts and intense CrossFit sessions. Am I right? Yeah, I tend to, um, I guess, most active I will be on certain days of my cycle would be I, I take Lizzie for a walk that would be about the extent of it yeah um, yeah I wouldn't feel like 
I, I certainly know that heavy weight feels significantly heavier and I have to battle my mind almost as much as I do the weight. Completely. And that's, um, again, kind of when we're saying about how it will empower you to understand yeah. your cycle would mean that yeah. perhaps you wouldn't enter into anything that might fall around, you know, kind of time exactly. of the month or um, again, you know, if you're planning classes or your, your training sessions yeah. for that week, you can kind of yeah. keep it in mind. But also, like you've said, if you suddenly feel, you know, actually, I just really want to have um, a big hefty sweet potato for dinner. Um, again, it could be a sign that your cycles uh, basically yeah. on the horizon and your body yeah. needs those yeah. carbohydrates. Um, I get so, um, like, I'm so relieved that there are ways that we can actually manage ourselves simply by understanding our hormones. But I'm 30 years of age. I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed the way it's taking me this long to get there. But I'm pretty sure when we were in school and we were studying biology, no one actually told us or empowered us in any way that, you know, hey, you might feel like this when you're on your period or when you're getting it and, and it's okay, it's really normal, but there are these things that you can do to help you or there are things that you might want to avoid. I've got a friend who is so empowered by her understanding and knowledge of her cycle that there are actually days where she'll go, well, I'll do this on that day because um, I need to be supercharged and resilient, but I won't do it on this day because I'll just be feeling a little bit more sensitive because, you know, this hormone will be um, a little bit low or this hormone will be a little bit high. And I just think it's such a pity that I'm only copying onto it now. <laughs> you know, I completely agree with you because yeah. there's also things like digestion and bloating and kind of water retention and all of that changes yeah. around a cycle. And we stand there and go, oh, it's because I ate this or I didn't go to the gym this week. And it's so nice kind of hormones working in the background and there's a function to a lot of the symptoms and we've built up in our head this story that oh no because I didn't go to the gym it means that I'm fat so I'm not beautiful <laughs> whereas it's it's actually just and I had a client the other day who said I feel great because I ate great and I went to the gym but when I don't go to the gym I feel like crap and she doesn't allow it even enter her mind that it could just be a hormonal her hormones are out of rhythm, rhythm. that was such a great word that you used no completely and I, I agree with what you're saying about the kind of education side yeah, um huge. I so important honestly had no idea about the kind of the cervical mucus side of things like and yeah. I would honestly confess to I didn't know that until I trained in nutritional yeah. therapy I had no idea I, I knew about that but only fertility point of view never yeah. from a, it means that you have more of this hormone or less of that one yeah well, it's just helping you know kind of what stage of the cycle yeah. that you are in yeah. Um, yeah. and one thing to understand about contraceptives is kind of the way that they are generally working is kind of suppressed the the two hormones I mentioned like the follicle stimulating hormone and the um luteinizing hormone which yeah. do the kind of maturation and um ovulation uh, side of things so if you're going to use those it's really good to um the blog I wrote kind of gives you all the side effects it's good to educate yourself about the side effects be willing mm. to accept all of them and I mean all of them so yeah. if there is kind of a danger um someone did write to me actually after I wrote that blog and said um they were really angry at me because they they thought I was kind of encouraging you know like unsafe sex and one oh. thing I would say is within the blog I kind of assume that most people know the pill doesn't protect you against sexually transmitted diseases um you have to use barrier methods for that but what I was trying to explain yes. to women is there is only a 24 hour possibly a 48 hour window when you can fall pregnant because mm. that's how long the egg survives for and so therefore if you're only taking the hormone um the hormonal contraceptive for that 
kind of 24-hour window and it's causing you side effects, which a lot of women do get headaches and um, nausea. And some people say that they feel like an absolute... I've actually said women email me and go, I feel like a psycho when I'm on the pill. Um, I personally had a lot of weight gain, appetite problems. Um, so if you're taking a pill for that kind of 24-hour window, why not just familiarise yourself with the cycle? And it can take, and I really do emphasise taking kind of anywhere between three to six months to kind of fully know it by the by the letter, by the day. Yeah, I've actually, I have a little piece of paper that I'm looking at right now with loads of different information just so I can track everything. And the only purpose is for me to understand my moods more. That's it. It has nothing to do with contraception, or nothing to do with contraception, well, contraception, yeah, nothing to do with fertility. It's all just so I can understand what my moods are like. Because I found as a, as a business owner, my life is so much more unpredictable. I need to be able to plan around days where I know nothing is going to be working against me. No hormone is going to be working against me. Um, I mean, what I would also say is if you kind of think towards your cycle, if you think you might be maybe estrogen dominant and kind of really suffer with that progesterone dip towards your cycle, which yeah. is when you feel like psycho Sarah, <laughs> you might want to have a little look around and things like um, obviously kind of being um on it with your nutrition but generally cruciferous vegetables like broccoli cauliflower um and things like broccoli sprouts are really good for estrogen metabolism so they can help with kind of some of the premenstrual symptoms i love broccoli oily fish is amazing or taking something like evening primrose oil which people have often heard of it's very very yeah. popular as well magnesium is awesome for cramps um you might even want to get a kind of um, a decent female multivitamin like um there's a lovely one by thorn research it's expensive but because mm. it's very good um it's called nutrifem yeah. and it's kind of for women who are um in their kind of fertility uh years so yeah. there's, there's a lot that you can do if you know it might be down to hormonal balance and i also mm. say things like focusing on sleep um getting enough carbs around this time some yeah. dark chocolate for serotonin and a walk every morning before breakfast as you're in your pre-cycle um, um, days would be really helpful for lifting wow. your mood okay. and kind of getting you some endorphins but without all the kind of stress hormones that would go with an exercise session if that makes sense oh i'm going to go onto your blog now to look for these this blog series that you've mentioned i haven't seen it yet so though i've only done so far because i get into these things and then kind of um then we do other kind of set blog stuff but um the main three are just about contraception at the moment but i will do hormone mm. balancing there are a few on our blogs if you search natural ways to balance hormones okay. talked about oh, things like flaxseed as well that can be really helpful so oh. yeah Karis, you're like a walking dictionary for all things hormones <laughs> not at all well you really are though but honestly it's such a it's it's when you go deep deep in it it's a very complicated topic but that is kind of enough information that most people would need to know really most women would need to know um if you can get I've that nailed like a, a huge amount already and i'm so relieved that i'm actually already doing a couple of things that you've advised anyway because it just makes me feel like i'm a little bit more in control and that i'm on the right track towards empowerment and education <laughs> definitely and also give it time so yeah. when you change nutrition and hormone uh, nutrition and supplements and even exercise kind of regimes i say to people give it three months really because yeah. it can take that long for kind of changes uh, very on a, a on a kind of physiological level so just be patient with your body and give it time oh i will nice buddy <laughs> <laughs> be nice that was so helpful
No, it's awesome. I'm sure we could do like hours and hours on hormones. You'll have to just come up with some more questions and I'll answer them. I, I even think that if there was any, if, if, if listeners had any questions on yeah. anything, obviously on any topic that we talk about, um, feel free to, to get in touch with us and let us know um, if there's anything that we've touched upon that you'd like us to talk about a little bit more. Um, I find that so incredibly helpful, but it just it's exactly where I am in my life right now. So um, there's so many bits and pieces I was able to take from it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. If anyone wants to get in Thanks touch, I'm sure we can answer some listener questions as well. That'd be pretty 100%. cool. 100%. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Karis, it was an absolute pleasure as always. Amazing to chat with you. And uh, what are we covering in next episode? I can't remember. Um, I think we're going to do something about um, our businesses, are we? Yes. Yeah, yeah we talking about running businesses and, and being business owners and entrepreneurs and, and, and all that sort of stuff. All that jazz. All that jazz. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, Karis. All right, have a good week. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.